0: Good to see you today, and it's uh, good to be with you on this very special Sunday. This is the Sunday uh, that I've been talking about because uh, not only do we get to come together and worship God, um, but we have our very special guests that we've been uh, waiting for um, to come and share with us and minister to us today. For those of you who have been with us the past several weeks, what we've been doing is uh, we've been going through a series um, called the Macedonian Call, uh, going through both the book of Acts and the letter to the Thessalonians. And our focus for the course of the summer has literally been missions God's heart and his desire to bring his kingdom, not only in our locale, our city, uh, Chicago, but even as he started it in the book of Acts, in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to literally the ends of the earth. And so, We have an amazing family uh, who's been doing that for the past several years in the nation of France. And they've been in Marseille, France. They've been uh, church planters there after years of fruitful ministry here in the U.S. And not only have they um, been ministering in uh, Marseille, but um, they actually, as equippers of church planters, have actually been the ones to help launch um, the next work going on in Paris, France, right now that you've heard about. So um, with that in mind, could everybody please give your warmest welcome to Matt and Christy Rass and their entire family today. great to be with you guys
1: thank you i feel like celebrities good morning this is my wife christy and our three of our four are right here i know they want to come up and and talk in the microphone yeah no didn't think so it's really an honor and a privilege to be with you guys Uh, i feel terrible it's taken us so long to get here um you guys have been a a, a great treat and a a support to us and uh just before we do anything else thank you for your prayers for your financial support as missionaries to europe uh, more specifically to france even Uh, we'll share a little bit of some updates maybe i give you a little encouragement that god is still moving even in europe but i wanted my wife to share for a few minutes before i get going
2: amen um i have so much love in my heart for you guys And I know we don't know each other, but we're going to get to know each other this morning, right? Um, You know, the Bible says to, um, when you pray for some, well, the Bible says to pray for your enemies, right? Why does God tell us to do that? Because when we pray for a, a certain subject, for a certain person... God supernaturally just puts his love in our heart more and more. His love starts to overflow our natural thinking, and we we start to have supernatural thinking towards that person or project. So I just want to read this letter to you. Um, It's in Colossians 1. Don't go there because I just want you to listen to this. This is our hearts for you this morning. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Chicago, Grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. I'm not going to get emotional.
1: Not at all. I may.
2: Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, just as in all the world, even France, also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from Pastor Rowland, our beloved fellow bond servant, who is a faithful servant of Christ, and he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Amen. Amen. As we were worshiping this morning, um, I just thought "This, this is a house of worshipers and preachers because already the preaching has begun. If you notice in the song, it is well with my soul. We're preaching to ourselves, aren't we? We are preaching to ourselves and declaring it is well with my soul. No matter what circumstance I'm walking through, it is well with my soul because God is constant. God has not changed. God is outside of these circumstances, and God is good, and he is for me. And um, I was thinking about how in Psalm 139, the psalmist says that even if I go to the depths, the very depths of hell, even there... You're with me. Even there you will find me. And what I love about God is that God will meet us in the depths and then He'll bring us out. Right? We can't live our life in those depths as as much as comfort as comforting as sorrow can be sometimes, as depression can be sometimes. It it can cloak around you like a a false security blanket. God will take us through those sad, those deep moments in life, and then he'll walk with us out. And um, also in Psalm 139, in verse 3, it says, You scrutinize my path and my lying down. And another word for you scrutinize is you winnow my path. And I looked up the definition of this, and I just love it because this is our God. One of the definitions, and there are several, it says to separate desirable and undesirable elements. So what does God do? We're walking along. We're walking with him. And he goes before us, and he separates the undesirable with the desirable. Because what does he say? He says that when we follow him, he's going to satisfy our desires. Mm -hmm. He is going to satisfy us in the land of the living. And so I just want to encourage you guys today that you're in a good place, whether you're in the depths or whether you're up walking out in the world. The other thing about being in the depths and why we can't live in those depths is because we're not going to reach the world in those depths. We've got to come out. We've got to come out with an anointing. We've got to come out with power, right? And we've got to have that gospel, that word, dwelling inside of us, richly dwelling inside of us, so that we can reach those around us and pull them out of the depths. Amen? Anyway, we love you guys. Thanks so much for having us.
1: Thank you. So thank you for this time today, Lord. Amen. It's great being with you. My wife can preach. I was just thinking maybe that'd that'd be good enough, but you're still sitting there, so I guess you want more. I don't know about you guys, but whenever I come to church, I'm expecting God to do something that maybe I've never seen or heard before. I come with an expectancy to meet the creator of the universe, and when I read my Bible, I see nothing but supernatural encounters and experiences all over it, and I think, why should my life be any different? When I look at the price Jesus paid on the cross and what he went through, I sure am convinced that it wasn't so that I could eat a Big Mac with a smile on my face and go, isn't life good? There's something a little bit more to this walking with God or this Christianity, if you will, than just another head massage, another exercise in intellectual games to know a little more or to understand a little better. And one of the things that I've noticed is that mankind as a a people, you and I, we have a tendency to walk by what we understand and what we comprehend and what we can grasp with our own mind more than we have a tendency to walk actually by faith in what we don't actually see. And yet the opposite of that is true, that faith is what pleases God, that I walk not by sight, but that I walk by faith, knowing he's good, knowing he's true to his word, knowing he's a god so full of love and compassion for me that it is going to end well. It may be a state of not so well, but I can proclaim it as well because He is good and He is love. And And walking by faith in a world that is so consumed with trying to figure everything out is not easy. Amen? I mean, anybody who's ever gotten into a discussion with uh, an intellectual, uh, atheist, agnostic, hardcore, uh, you found, wow, this is really exercising some things in my brain. I'm having to pull out all everything I've ever learned in my whole past and hope I've got something. But you know what's funny is, is intellectual belief will only bring you so far. Because the Bible actually says to believe with your heart that God raised him for the dead and confess that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved in Romans 9. It actually is talking about believing, and he says, from the heart, not from the head. One of the things I, I really do a lot in Marseille, France, is I talk about the difference between believing something with your head and your heart because atheism and agnosticism is so rampant over there. We live in a, in a, in a world in Europe which is basically secular humanist, across the board. Illegal to even meet in a high school campus as a Christian group or as a Muslim group. Any religious group would be denied access to any state-owned property because they want separation complete of religion and so forth and so on. In the education system in France, we train our children that evolution is true and any other options aren't even worth entertaining or putting on the table we train our children to basically say religion is a myth and it's funny how those weird people believe in it and in God and gods and all these other things because we know there's nothing else out there the only thing that is true in the French education system is that you should doubt everything and be a skeptic of anything somebody tells you this is true have y'all ever heard anything like that before? Yeah, because it's it's purveying throughout the earth this this desire to trust in myself and not something outside of myself. This This natural tendency of man to try to understand it all myself, therefore I need no one else. I don't even need God. I don't need any help from the outside. It's a tendency that All of us have as human beings. And what's worse is when we get born again and actually trusting Jesus is then we become Christians. We go, wow, Jesus has caused me to be born again. I'm alive in him. I'm walking with him. This is great. And then we start moving back towards our old tendency over time. Anybody ever slip back into the old way of doing things? And then we have wonderful letters like Paul to the Galatians says, hey, 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 somebody say, hey, hey, hey. In fact, I remember that. Anyways, that's a sidebar. And we have Paul telling the Galatians, who has bewitched you, you fools. Isn't that like a cuss word? Or Christian, yeah, We aren't supposed to call each other fools. I mean, even Jesus said, don't call Raka, Raka, Raka. Well, you're not supposed to use these kind of things. But here's Paul, you bunch of fools who've come under a spell, witchcraft. Who has bewitched you? You got born again. You got started in faith. And yet you've returned to trusting in your works and what you understand. You know, if I could just say one thing for the church today, our greatest challenge is not returning to trusting in ourselves and our own brains, but to remaining with a heart fully confident that we serve a God who's good, who's just, he's merciful, and he sees it all, he knows it all, and it's going to get worked out for your good. No matter what evil or atrocity you've experienced today. And there's not a single person here who hasn't experienced something that was unjust Not right, inexplicable, the pure evil of mankind coming out. There's not a single person here. So don't tell me you don't know my situation, Matt. That's right. I don't have to know your situation because I know the God who knows your situation. And I know the God who worked out all mine for good and is working out mine for the good is working yours out for the good too. Because he is doing something above and beyond what we could understand with our minds. And because he's always up to something beyond, above and beyond what we can understand, it is not going to be seen yet. Therefore, we must walk by faith, trusting he is good. And he is a God of his word. And that was bonus. That was my word to encourage you stand in faith. I'll just give you a couple quick updates. We can go to the next slide, whoever is, I think it's Oscar back there. This is a couple pictures. The one on the left is our little church there in Marseille. Uh, we officially planted it, started it four years ago. This September we'll celebrate four years. Uh, but it took us language school for a year, evangelism and discipleship for four years to finally get to a place where we could launch a church with about 25 believers. France, the average church sees one person get saved a year. When I say saved, I mean somebody giving their life to Jesus Christ. One person a year is the average for a French church. Our first year, we saw 24 people come to Christ. That's revival, man. That's like this whole place filled next week going, what happened? A whole bunch of people got saved and just came. That's what that is for us. Well, whatever. The other picture was a picture of our, our leadership team. This is a picture of Easter baptizing a police officer for Marseille Police. that got saved just a few weeks before that. Next picture. This is a, a couple. He's a scientist, a science teacher, uh, the granddad of one of the young men I led to Christ a few years ago. And, and she is obviously his wife. We call him mommy and puppy. They're, they're, they were not believers when we met them. Raphael, who got saved, started sharing his story, and he's one of three triplets, and his two brothers still don't know the Lord yet. Nobody in his family knows the Lord yet, but they've all been hearing about Jesus, but especially Mommy and Poppy. And so Mommy and Poppy say, "Well, this is kind of interesting, because Poppy's a scientist, atheist, don't bring me all that religious stuff. But they want to see what their grandson's up to. So they start coming to church. Then he marries one of our missionaries from Jacksonville, Florida. Then they're like, oh, man, we're not getting out of this. And she's a live wire. Uh, She's phenomenal, full of life and joy. And so she gets in the picture. So then they start praying for him. They start encountering. They're like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? And so this picture is important to me because this is the first Sunday where Raphael and Jenny their grandkid, grandson and, 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 and wife, didn't come to church, but they did. You know how huge that is? That's huge for a French people who don't ever go to church all their lives. But then all of a sudden they show up at church and are like, well, Ralph and Jen aren't here. They're like, no, we, we just wanted to come to church. Wow. And I don't know if it was this Sunday or a few before or a few after, but she actually gave her life to Jesus. And Poppy is really close, so pray for Poppy. There's only one Poppy in the whole world, so just God will know. The next photo, and this is Eldevina, right in the middle there. This is a lady who had been considering God. Her sisters had gotten saved 20 years ago. <clears throat> had been sharing the gospel with her for 20 years, and in the last two years, she finally got interested to start talking about God and wanting to know more, and and started to talk with our friend Ar- Armand there on the left, far left, and after two years, she finally shows up at a church service and says, Pastor, what do I need to do to get right with God? I was like, I just don't even know. I'm so sorry. Maybe come back next week? That was a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, you're not catching my humor. I'm sarcastic, caustic, dry, been in Europe too long, <sighs> can I say? So she actually gets saved right there on the spot. So this is just a few weeks ago, actually. And her name, Eldevina means the divine. <laughs> and then this is a picture from <clears throat> a group of Ukrainian students I've been working with. In the last year, God's opened up the door for me to be there three different times. And now we have a brand new campus ministry in two cities in the Ukraine. And these are some of our young leaders that are leading that off. So that's been pretty exciting as well. I don't know if there's any more. Oh, yeah, we do have one more. This is uh, right before I left. Uh, we do a yearly student leaders training for campus ministry in just outside of Marseille, where we're based. And basically, I'm uh, the uh, European campus director for all of our campus ministry as well. We just don't have a lot of resources over there. So we all carry two or three hats. So I bring them all and all the student leaders who want to be trained in evangelism and personal growth and leadership, they come to Marseille and I bring in two or three of the people I know that are great trainers, and we all spend a whole week at summer camp, basically. And so they go swimming in the Mediterranean. They go kayaking. No, we want to do that, but we just tell them that. And we put it in the picture on the brochure. And then we go, ah, it didn't work out this time. Sorry, it never works out. It's terrible. It's terrible. Anybody ever did the switching bait thing? Oh, man, it's just terrible, especially for winning centers. Um, anyways, Great time. Amazing young leaders over nine nations. When we first got to Europe, we were on three campuses throughout all of Europe, and I think we had two full-time workers. Now I think we have 12 or 15 full-time workers, and we're on about 25 university campuses in Europe. This is Pastor Ryan, the large human being there. Ryan is a retired rugby player, and uh, he. Moved up to France with a heart for France, stayed in Marseille for about a year and a half with us, and then we launched them out last September, October, and now they're in Paris. And this is a picture from just a month or so ago. One of the young ladies here was asking me about, this is from our sports refugee outreach that we were doing up there alongside some other missionaries that have started that. And so brand new church plant in Paris, and you guys have been a huge part of that as well. Just help and support us. So it's pretty exciting what God's doing. We've got the Paris one. We're starting a new congregation in Marseille coming next fall, uh, late September, early October, uh, with a little cafe we have up and going. Uh, we, we started our church there originally. Then we moved out to the suburbs, and then it grew, and we liked that. But then we were like, have a heart to go back into the city again where things are really hard. Um, like we have people vomiting across the street because they're throwing up after parties and drug addicts wandering the alleys. We have people, all kinds of crazy stories. We have demoniacs manifesting in the middle of church services. Things you've probably never seen here. Uh, If you want a little more exciting acts experience, you could come over to Marseille and just come to church. I mean, just come to church and you get to see all kinds of fun things. What's that? Yeah, a fight breaking out because a girl got her demonic spirits, just overcame her and she grabbed another girl's hair. And he started, right in the middle of us praying for this poor precious girl. So we had to break that up, but there was nobody who could break it up. And we had like six people trying to pull hair hands out. And then one guy just goes, in the name of Jesus, break loose. And she just goes, ah, and she ran. I'm telling you, it's true. Bible stuff happens today. It really does. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. Wow. Then you got some people go only on the mission field, brother. Listen, it's not father, son, and the holy Bible. Everybody, it's the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, lives in you today, quickening your mortal body, bringing healing, bringing power, bringing His manifest presence to set the captives free. And two hours later, those two girls came back together apologized, reconciled, right in the middle of the street with onlookers in the windows looking down what the heck is going on in our streets. God wants his power on display still today. There is nothing too hard for our God. Thanks for going down that rabbit trail, honey. You knew I'd get myself into, now we're teaching theology of casting demons out. Hey, you might want to go on a seminar about casting demons out. We can just do that right after this, all right? We'll just keep going. This will be the all-day church-a-thon. We'll hit all the subjects you never wanted to talk about, taboo, oh gosh, you're making me uncomfortable. But you know what? This is all about having an adventure with God. And that's really the subject I wanted to talk to you about, and I'm just going to do it as quickly as I can. Um, Having an adventure with God is all about seeing God take your limits off and use you in ways maybe you never would have imagined before. You know, we live in a, once again, in a day and age where we like everything nice and, 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 and partitioned off. I mean, look at our partitions. They're so beautifully around us. We don't want to know that there's another 500 chairs behind her because that makes us feel a little insecure about our small crowd. Am I right? I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, we're all here. We love each other. I mean, that's what we do. We do in life. We like to comfort ourselves little baby bumpers around the crib, you know. It's like, that baby's going to still fall on his head one day. I mean, come on. Who hadn't fallen on their head as a baby, huh? I mean, some of us, is a little more obvious that you fell on your head than others, but we'll tell you who you are at the end of the service. No, we won't. We just like comfort. We like cushion. We like make it safe. Keep it safe. I mean, we live in a world of America lives in the land of lawyers. We got any lawyers here? I'm not going to make any jokes against you, I promise. Come on, God bless the lawyers of America. But you think about all of the legal action that we take around America. That doesn't exist all over the world, just FYI. You can't just sue people in France, okay? Just FYI. So don't go there, you won't make any money. <laughs> lawyers are poor in France, most of them. Um, but, but when you do, th- what, what do we do? We, we put labels on coffee drinks. This is extremely hot. Please do not drink. Bing, bing. Before long, we'll have LED lighting, blinking on anything. <laughs> I mean, we, we rented this cafe in Marseille. And the, the, to go back to the sanctuary area, which is only about 30 people we can squeeze in there, you go through this doorway that's about this high. And you know what? Nobody ever thought to put a cushy pad there. So, you know, I'm like, hey, guys, let's go back. Boom! right before I'm about to preach. (sighs) Well, nobody even says anything. They just go, you're stupid. (laughs) They go, if you hit that thing, you knew it was there. I mean, you're the one that rented the building, Matt. Come on now. If you hit the thing, you're just dumb. There's no lawyers lining up going, hey, 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 we're going to help you with this one. No, it's because we do like that comfort. We like to know it's all well protected. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to live for God truly, you're going to have to get out there in the zone where it's not comfortable, because faith is spelled R I S K. Isn't it? Do we really have? Have we really tested our faith if we haven't taken a risk? <sighs> you're making me nervous. I need to leave now. If you're nervous, just stay put. It's going to get better, I promise. But choosing to embrace the unknown and the mystery of God is all about walking by faith. I choose to let go of the thinking that that says I have everything planned out. I like the plan I have. Have any planners in here? I'm a planner. I love planning. But you know what? We've got a plan with flexibility. This is the plan just in case. You know, just in case nothing else happens, that's the plan. I come in here with a sermon, just in case I want to preach it. One of the things I love about Isaiah 42 verse nine and 10 says, "Behold, the former things have come to pass. It's over. Somebody say it's over. It's over. Tell your neighbor, it's over. The former things, the things that were before, that's over. Today is a day of demarcation. It's done. As we say in the South, done. Now I declare, what does he say? New things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. See, God is always proclaiming things in advance. And his goal is to get us to look like Him. He says he rebukes his people in Isaiah and saying, Your thoughts are not my thoughts, your ways are not my ways, because he wants our ways to be his ways. He wants us to think like him, he wants us to act like him, he wants to do what he would do if he was here. Why did we invent those dumb bracelets? <laughs> what would Jesus do? Because we're supposed to do what Jesus did. Just to walk. Well, we can't do what Jesus did unless we actually walk with the Father. The way Jesus walked with the Father. He says, I only say the things I hear the Father saying, and I only do the things I see my Father doing. That means He's actually intimate with God. That means He's actually paying attention. He's not just having a five minute devotional in the morning going, Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Let me know if you need to say anything. If I acted like that with my wife, see how far that'll go. Hey, honey. That was a great five minutes we had. I'll see you tomorrow morning. We can catch up again then. Anybody tried that? Don't work. Don't work. Because that's not a good relationship. Oh, it's a relationship, all right. It's a sad one. And here we, we have these higher standards on our personal, interpersonal relationships with our wives with our friends. Hey, he didn't call me back. Hey, he took too long to text me back. Come on, it's just a quick text message. Spend three minutes. What the heck? There's something going on. I'm worried. we are so impatient. How much more is God looking for you to look to him? See, we can be real excited about his salvation. Did they say the prayer? Did they come down the altar? Did they get saved? Hallelujah. And then it's just forget all about them. But see, God is not, he's, we're not trying to get people to make a decision. We're trying to get people to actually know God and walk with God. Somebody say, Amen. I love this scripture. God is teaching us how to walk, how to proclaim things before they even happen. Because what happened yesterday ain't supposed to be what's going to happen tomorrow. Because He says we're going from glory to glory and from faith to faith. We're moving forward, we're making advancements. We're not doing the same dumb stuff we did yesterday. You know that you guys probably all know that definition of insanity doing the same things, expecting different results. I keep doing the same things. I'm going to keep getting what I always got. There's a man named Wyn Arn. I'm sure some of you may have heard the story of Wyn Arn. He was, a, he was a positivity preacher, if you will, back in the early 1900s. And he loved to go into these big circuses, circus tents and he'd big, get big crowds. And he'd tell them all about how they could change their world if they were more optimistic, if they'd think on the, on the bright side, uh, the, ha- the glass half full, and, and so forth. And so one day these trapeze artists go, hey, 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 hey! we're listening to all your blabber. But do you really believe what you said? Because if you do, you're going to go up to the top of this trapeze thing and you're going to swing across, and we'll throw the other bar, and you're going to jump and grab that other bar and go to the other side. All this little faith, optimism talk. Come on, show us what you're made of. You say, we can all do it. We can all take risks. We can all go to the next level. We can go to the, ne- the other side. And so he says, <laughs> wasn't expecting that today. Fine. So he climbs those steps up higher, higher. He's looking down. The people are looking more and more like ants. <clears throat> you can go to the next slide. And he goes up to the top. Hold that. And he goes up, and he's so nervous, and the, and the trapeze artist given giving the thing, and he's like standing there, he's like, oh, God. And he swings out, and just as he's about to go for the next bar, he says, I had three revelations that came to be right in that moment. Anyways, I'll tell you another story another day. Um, so what do you think he's saying? He has these three revelations. You can go ahead and click on it. His first one is, you have to let go of some things to grab hold of others. He's sitting there between one bar, reaching out for the next, going, ah, revelation, ding, ding, ding. You're going to have to let go of that if you're going to want to grab hold of that. Second revelation, he says, it's easier to stay where you are. I got this. This is just, we're just going to go on back. And then I'm going to drop down into the safety net. And the third one, you can put it up there. You don't have forever to, to decide. Isn't that true? You know, God wants us to break forth into new seasons. New seasons represent a time period that's demarked by death or birth or, or traumatic experience or good experiences. And God uses seasons. Everywhere in the Bible we find him using seasons. Harvest, season of planting, sowing. I mean, we can go agricultural, we can go across the board, but God loves to use seasons. Everybody goes, hey, how you doing? Well, it's been a tough season. So what are you thinking about doing next? Hmm. It depends how this season ends. I mean, we just talk like that because we understand, well, what the heck? Is it three months, four months, and a year? I really don't know. Because seasons and God's timing are so different. But a lot of it has to do, and majority of it has to do, with us. With us learning and growing the way he's intended us to learn and grow, therefore, i.e., the reason that it season exists. There's a couple of reasons why I believe seasons exist. Number one is to show us more clearly who God is. Number two, to show us more clearly who we are in him. And number three, to bring us into greater intimacy with him as we go forward. And then, of course, to bring a breakthrough through us, for ourselves, for others, cities that we're living in, and the nations of the world. And generally... He just likes to do it all. So what's wonderful about God is His sovereign plan is working all these small things, big things, all out in your little season. He is doing little things that are going to touch humongous things later on. And for us to ignore what he's doing in this season and not embrace the season we're in and not just get mad at it and try to beat it down and push it out, but instead embrace it and go, okay, it hurts like H-E-double hockey sticks, but I embrace it, Lord, and I will say yes, because I know you're good and you'll bring me through, tried by fire, and I'll have what I'm going to need to have. I'll be expanded the way I need to be expanded. I'll have the vision and the capacity that you're longing to give me, as well as a message with authority so that when I step into the next thing, I'm ready. And yet, in our human tendency, I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. Well, 1.21 gigawatts, and then... Sitting there trying to figure out frustrated ourselves, can't, I'm just trying to get myself, eject myself out of this season. I know what I'll do. I'll move to the other side of the world. Good luck making that one work. There's guys like Jonah that tried that. Somehow they find their way back. God always finds a way to get you what you really do need, whether you think you need it or not. I'm living, breathing proof of that because I think I need this. He says, "Mm mm-mm. And somehow, I'll come right back around that mountain and right in the same spot. I go, well, let me help you, God. (laughs) Anybody ever tried to help God? I will help you. Here's how you should do it. I have a great idea. Yeah. Our ideas are a little puny. Next slide here is Ephesians 3 23 tells us that now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond everybody say abundantly beyond beyond. all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us to him be the glory to the church and and Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen see God wants us asking God wants us looking to him he wants us pursuing him for answers to our problems, to the solutions of our society. He is longing for that. And you know what? In our longing for him, in our seeking, in our knocking, in our pushing down the door, in that, God says, I'm going to do greater things than you have even imagined while you're asking and thinking and imagining it. I mean, that is an amazing promise. I'm sure some of you here have asked God for some things, pressed in in prayer, and trusted God for breakthrough, and then it goes beyond what you thought it was going to be. Man, I just asked for 10 bucks. I got 100. Whoa, Hallelujah. I mean, that's the easiest example, you know. I just asked for one baby. I got four. (laughs) Maybe not the best example. God loves it when we're seeking him for his will for our lives. He loves that. He even loves to play a little cat and mouse sometimes. You know, I think God, he's he's so trying to develop you as a hungry, curious chaser of his presence that he'll actually hide from you every once in a while and go, (laughs) see if they can find me over here. That explains a lot, doesn't it? If God is kind of hiding every once in a while, it explains why you can't find him the same way you did last time. I went back to Psalm 23, and poof, nothing. <laughs> Damn it! Six months ago, I read that scripture, and my whole life got revolutionized. <sighs> Guess I'll change to Psalm 24. What well, looky there, miracle sign and a wonder. Yeah. So, sorry. I come from Southeast Texas, man. It comes on me every once in a while. That's redneck country. That's not a cuss word here, is it? Redneck? No? All right. Hey, rednecks have invented a lot of wonderful things. Just Google it. Redneck inventions. You'll be surprised the rest of your life. You may even be inspired. But in order to embrace the new season of our lives, one must believe in a God of goodness who wants to do more than we can imagine or think because we are his kids and a good dad blesses his kids. And many times, this includes letting go of our image of our weak and imperfect fathers on earth. See, no man is perfect. And some are a lot less perfect than others. But when we compare all of them, all of us, to a holy and righteous God, none of us measures up, period. I love the movie. I just watched uh, I Can Only Imagine. Anybody here seen I Can Only Imagine? Who's seen it? All right, all eight of us. How many of you would say that was a great movie, a great story at the very minimum? We're not going to get into movie criticism here. The story of reconciliation that man with his father Salve. I mean, sorry, I just blew the whole movie for you. But hey, you screwed up. You should have seen it by now. You're supposed to be good Christians. And all good Christians go to the movies for every Christian movie that's put out, right? That's like in the Bible, like the 11th commandment or something. But I love the story because his, it's such a great image of a man who had a terrible father, a monster of a dad, brutal And yet somehow, with his arguing, angering, finds a way back to love, back to reconciliation. Because it doesn't matter how bad it was. We're all bad. We're all evil. We're all terrible. And the moment we start thinking, well, he's terrible, he's terrible, terrible, and I can't forgive him, is the moment we can't really enter into God's presence. Because Jesus says, if you don't forgive them, I won't forgive you. Yeah, I just said that in a church. Can you believe that? Yeah, I preach a message on forgiveness and bitterness, and then I gave an altar call one time. Yeah, nobody came to the front. Nobody wants to be the person that confesses to harboring a bitter spirit towards their mom, dad, or whatever. Oh, no, I'm polished. But you know what's funny? After that service, the line was like a mile long. All, everybody wanted a personal private prayer with me. All bitter, angry, all their little little monsters coming out. Well, you know you've got a couple. Got little issues. That's just my pet peeve. It's your pet, all right. I don't know about peeve or demon or bitterness or anger issue. We all got those little pets we like to stroke and keep. It's my precious, My my little cuddly, my little love it and hug it. It's a demon. Let it go. Let it go. Get rid of it so we can all live in peace and harmony together. Everybody's like, Well, that's my personality. Which one? Some of them just need to leave. You just need one personality. Let's let those other ones go. I'm sorry, I've gone into psychology now. Faith for change. Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is; he's a rewarder of them who seek him. You know, we look at Abraham. He's a man who had to leave his family at eighty years old. How many get to eighty and go? Now I'm ready to go on a journey. Now, now that I've been living in this retirement home all the way up till eighty, now let's get out and go do something. Let's change the world. I mean, these aren't exactly modern-day times. It's not like I'm changing one civilized society for another. We're talking about I'm going into the desert, regions where there's wild creatures that will probably tear us apart, and if they don't, bad, bad people will and just steal from me. Abraham somehow steps up to the plate, says, Yes, God, and takes off at 80 years old. Crazy. But without taking the risk to leave everything he knew, he would never have been able to know God and be used to become a father of a nation and therefore a father of many nations. Oh yeah, we like the father of many nations part. We like billionaire times 10 blessing all the world and paying for all the glorious charities that exist. But we don't like the price it pay. we have to pay, the risk we have to take to start a small business selling flowers. risk. David took a huge risk fighting the giant Goliath. Can you imagine? He's about 13 to 15 years old, and he's, he's got the weight of the entire nation of Israel upon him, and he's taking the risk, not just with his life, but with being the idiot that screwed the whole thing up. That probably weighs more on me than just dying. I'd probably rather die. (laughs) Don't let me live, please. I screwed the whole thing up. (laughs) But he takes the risk, and God shows up. Daniel, and the lions did. God shows up. His three friends. God shows up in the fire. God took a risk sending his own son, Jesus. How much more vulnerable and risky does it get? Sending a little baby. And he doesn't send it into the hospital where it can be cared for and make sure everything's good and its vitals are plugged in. He sends it into a barn. Do you know all the poop that was in that barn? With disease and flies and... And yet somehow God says, I'll take a risk because the whole world is worth it to me. Jesus took a risk choosing his 12 disciples. One of them didn't make it. But you know what? He said it's still worth the risk. Jesus didn't say, I know one's not going to make it, therefore we're just not going to do anything. We're never going to have a perfect record. No man, woman, a boy, or girl even walking with Jesus is going to have a perfect record of taking risks, and it always works out perfectly. But you know what we have after we take a risk? we got a great story to tell. <laughs> I took a risk one time, a few times. We were driving to Austria, me my, and two other, three other friends, and I'm in my 4x4, four and so I have a little bit of courage. And they say, we have to go by this mountain pass to get to the other side in the middle of winter. Now, these are the Austrian Swiss French Alps, Italian Alps. So it's not like a couple of hills with some snow on them. These are the Alps. And I go, eh. so we try one way, get denied, all passed, blocked, snowed in. Try another pass, nope, can't do it. So then there's only two options, one more pass to try or turn around and lose three and a half hours to go all the way back around down into Italy and come back up. So I'm just like, you know what? We're going to go for it. We start going up. Snow gets thicker, thicker, thicker. Pretty soon, sure enough, I'm spinning out. Now, I'm not spinning out on a freeway here, folks. I'm on a mountainside like this. And the road is only enough for two cars if you close the mirrors and you put a little butter on the insides of them both. And so we stall out right there. There's no one around. It's apparently the season where everybody leaves town. And we're on the side of this hill at about 3,000, 4,000 feet altitude. Nobody around. And my car is stalled. We're literally out in the snow finding branches, putting them underneath the wheels, trying to get traction. I took a risk. And you know what? In the end, I end up scraping my car along a brick, uh, along a, a stone wall for about 50 meters to turn it around and go, never mind, we'll take the three and a half hour detour. That risk didn't pay off. But man, do I got a story to tell about sun setting, we're about to freeze to death, going to have to call emergency crews in from the MTC in Austria, and they came and they rescued, but no! We found a way! We scraped the car! And we made it out. And instead of showing up at 5 p.m. in Austria, we showed up at midnight. And we had a story to tell. Almost died going to a ski retreat. Yeah, God took a, cho- took a risk in choosing you today and me to put his spirit in. He chose to believe that you would trust him, that you'd say, I'm all in. I don't just want to play religion. I don't want to just go to church on Sundays, but that you would actually say, thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. I want to walk with you every day. I'm going to seek your face each day. I'm going to obey whatever you tell me, and I'm going to see your kingdom come through my life. It's tough. I remember when I was 9 or 10 years old, all these kids were diving off the giant platform diving board, probably 35 feet high. Every once in a while, a little kid would go up there, and he'd go, oh, and they had a rule, you have to jump. Well, they'd sit up there for 15 minutes trying to convince this poor little kid to jump off that thing. And I watched that a few times and just went, I'm just never going up there. It's too embarrassing. Because eventually, after 15, 20 minutes, they'd actually, lifeguard would climb the stairs and escort the child all the way back down the ground, and everybody would go, Shame. Put the cone of shame on him, kind of like in the imagination. Poor kid. Oh, man. So when I finally got the courage to do it, I go all the way to the top. And I'm going, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. And then I look out. I see the horizon of the whole city. And I'm like, wow, you can see everything from here. And that's where I should have just jumped. But just like an idiot, I look down. Oh, like the head starts spinning. And I had a thought right there in that moment, if I don't jump now, I will never jump and so before I talk myself out of it, I just kind of go ah. <laughs> I don't know what noises I made going down, but I know it hurt when I hit that water. I don't know if I did a belly flop or what, but I was like, ah. I went to the side in the midst of the pain and the hurt, and probably a few broken somethings I was so excited (laughs) yeah
0: I did it
1: there's nothing greater than facing down your fears and saying no not one more day not one more minute am I going to allow you to stay in my life Peter stepped out of the boat only one listed in scripture is walking on water other than Jesus is Peter the only one that took the risk. We wonder why there's so few people with big names. Well, let me just tell you something: Everybody has a big name. Everybody has a big name in God. But most of us don't step out of the boat. We watch everybody else, and we go, "Uh-oh, he gonna fall, idiot, fool." But at least he got out. At least she got out. So my question today to you, do you want to enter into a new season? Are you ready for the past to actually be the past? Are you ready to see God move like he's never moved in your life and use you like you've never been used before? There are people in this place I see in my mind's eye prophetically dragging your feet In fact, I see somebody else dragging you and your feet are kicking and screaming, going, please don't take me there. And I'm telling you, God is putting his finger on it today. He wants to blow the roof off of your life. He wants to show you how great he really is, how powerful and how much love he's got for you and those around you. I see there's some people here with some serious family issues. Your family is not a family of faith. They are arguing, they're yelling and screaming every time you get around them. It's hard to be around them. God wants you to know he loves them and he is gonna save them. He is gonna turn the whole family around and you are gonna be blown away in a short period of time because there's no situation God's not able to touch. There's no person he can't get to or kids He doesn't that he doesn't love. His love knows no bounds, therefore his presence and his pursuit knows no bounds. Would you guys stand with me today? I thank you, Jesus, that our lives in you are all built on that one moment where we decided to trust you 100% and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. But I thank you, God, that our lives of faith don't rest in that one moment where we become saved or born again. But instead, that just starts a life of trusting you, of walking with you, of enjoying your presence and, and your leading, and enjoying how good you are and how merciful and how just you are and how you bring things around. And I thank you, God, that, that all the injustice done that just is represented just in this room alone, God, you will turn it around for your glory. For our good. I just thank you for all the hundreds, thousands of examples of people who were unjustly treated, but they chose to forgive. They chose to let go. They chose to trust you, God, and how you elevated and moved them forward and brought them into great impact. I thank you, God, that if we will make a decision today to step out of the boat and say, I'm not going to just be a religious person. I'm going to know God. I'm not just going to just know God, but I'm going to experience God in new ways. Lord, that maybe I've never felt his presence or his touch. Maybe I've never experienced a word of knowledge or a prophetic utterance. Or maybe I've never actually laid somebody, hands on somebody and seen them healed. That God, each person here, wherever their boundaries have been, that they would be lifted today, God. That we would no longer be a people that are limited by our own imagination. We would no longer be a people who are limited by our own upbringing and education. And we would take the limits off today and we would trust you that you're an amazing God and there is a promised land for each and every one of us to walk in, to take, and to see the giants expelled and to see your kingdom come, established, restoring hope in every corner of our lives. That we serve a God who is unlimited in his resources Our money is not our problem. Our hurts and our past isn't our problem. It's our trust in God. Do we trust Him? Do we trust that He is who He says He is? So, Father, I I thank You. Each person here is dealing with who they are with You right now. I invite you, just open your arms up to to God as an act of God, I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to go anywhere. I want all that you've got for me, Father. I don't want to limit you, God. Pray these prayers in your mind or even out of your mouth. Just, God, transform me. I don't want to be a religious bigot. I don't want to be somebody who just follows the rules but doesn't know you. I want to be somebody who is a carrier of your presence everywhere I go that I minister hope even when I'm not trying to minister hope. I bring encouragement even when I'm just being me because I'm so in touch with you, God, and your love is overflowing and flooding my soul. That when I get around people, God, it's you they're seeing. Oh, Jesus. God, help us to break every wrong pattern that's been established in our minds and in our hearts. Wrong thinking about you every abuse, healing, every neglect, healing, every wrong relationship, reconciled and restored, children, their fathers, every wrong dad relationship, mom relationship, God, we declare today you are restoring and reconciling every spirit of bitterness, we just command you to leave, every root of bitterness, we We just proclaim a warning to you in advance like God does. Your days are numbered. We will not tolerate a root of bitterness. We will not tolerate unforgiveness. We are a people saved, restored, reconciled, sanctified by the blood of Jesus, offering hope to the nations. Jesus. 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 Oh, Jesus. Jesus, let God just wash over you right now. Let him encounter you. Just say, I'm I'm blocking myself off with God for a couple minutes here, and I'm just going to let you do what you want, God. Speak to my heart. Touch me. Deep and true in our hearts. Passion for your kingdom. Passion for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity. I don't do it very often, but I want to give you an opportunity to make a decision. I'm stepping out of the boat. I'm choosing today to get into a new season let God do what he wants to do. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. I want to give you an opportunity to just come down here. If you're saying, today I'm making a decision. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. I'm getting out of the boat. And I'm going to pray for you. But I want you to make that decision if that's what you want. You're saying, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to count to three and you just come on down here. One, you're ready for hope to be restored, ready to be reconciled. Two, you're ready to stop playing any kind of games maybe you've been playing, just going through the motions. Three, come on down. Just anybody who wants to make that decision.